Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, breaking down the best fights with a sense of humor. And now your hosts, Fritz and Franco. Garwar Carrier, 30 years old, 2-1, and one, going up against Haven Brady Jr., 18 years old, making his professional debut. <laughs> Now, Franco, this fight was the second fight of the night. There was nothing really to say about it, so we can just launch right into this one. <laughs> there wasn't a lot to love about this fight. Gore War, or Karye, I wish I knew how to say his name. Well, I don't really care because hopefully I'm never going to see him fight again. Yeah. He was complaining about low blows when he was pushing down Brady. He was trying to make Brady blow him or something. It was crazy the amount of holding he was doing and yep. then just shoving the dude's head down. It was, it was just ridiculous. a sloppy, sloppy fight where the guy's two and one as a 30-year-old dude. I'm not sure how he won two fights, to be honest with you. It was a, just a sloppy boxer, and Brady was ready for his pro debut. He was he was throwing his punches. He came in collected. You know, he came in with a plan, mm-hmm. and the, at one point, the ref took a point away for low blow. In the first round, you warned the other dude for holding, and that's what caused the low blow. The same thing happened when he took the point away. I don't know what changed in the ref's mind between the accidental low blow that was caused by Carrier or you know what happened later when he decided to take the point away but then I thought it was in the last round where they actually take another point away or take a point away from Carrier for holding it was he should have had a point taken in each round there was not a round that went by that he didn't hold him no, I completely agree. I felt bad for Haven Brady because he's young. Like you said, he looked calm, cool, collect, like he was properly trained. Like he was ready for his big debut. And then for, for Carrier to just be hanging on him and holding him. And it wasn't like, I'm not a fan of when boxers hug too much, right. but I get it. Like a lot of times it's part of the strategy and, and, and it makes sense. Sometimes guys take it a little bit too far. That's all this dude wanted to do. He wasn't throwing punches. He didn't throw a punch for like really long extended periods it's a time and then when he did it was it was nothing it wasn't a he wasn't trying to score points or anything Karge looked as clingy as like a dude who's mistreated his wife for years and now she's leaving him and now he's trying to make up for it by being in this clingy guy that's just hanging on the whole time trying to make up for years of being a jerk in a week it's he just would not let go it's just super clingy you, you see my beautiful wife over there you see, i love her <laughs> I, I love you baby i love yeah. you <laughs> yeah, it, you know, there was a lot there was a lot going on here. Now the thing, the the fight did end in a stoppage. Uh, it was finally TKO uh because the ref kept telling him no more holding. You know, he explained the low blows and saying, "Well, you you got hit in the dick because you're pushing his head all the way down there. Of course that's where he's going to punch you." Right. And so he knew what was going on. He refused to stop holding when they finally told him, "If you hold again, we're stopping the match." And you could see Carrier wanted to hug him again, but instead he just kind of put his hands up in front of his face he was getting pounded now on social media espn posted a clip of this fight just the ending and they're like oh the sound of the punches you know when there's no fans there and uh it you know it sounded okay it wasn't the bet like if that's what you're going to lead with make sure that you have like a mic right there on the ring right when we've seen boxing in person it that sounded cooler than this video clip but a lot of people are like ah oh, the stupid all these stupid stoppages these stoppages are so uncalled for and i could see it if you only saw that 10 second clip but if you're not throwing a punch for 15 20 seconds and you're not trying to stop the fight what's the point in it aside from safety nobody wants to see that nobody wants to see that and people that keep saying that are repeating what they've heard you know yeah. their, their dad said that there's too many stoppages or their buddy who likes boxing says there's too many stoppages 
So now they're on social media going like, oh, well, I've heard this before, so I'm going to sound like I know what I'm talking about. It should have been stopped before the fight even started. It was just garbage. Yeah, uh, you know, every sport has its meatball or meathead fans that, oh, well, when I was younger, they used to, you know, in football, they'd lead with the helmet and they got concussions and murdered their families. And we liked it that way. And it's kind of yeah. like, oh, God, no, you know, it's it's, it's 2020. Yeah, uh, some people are proud of how stupid they are. It's So, yeah, with this fight, it, definitely uh, I, I was disappointed for Haven Brady Jr. Mitchell Sight, 24 years old, making his professional debut against Jimmy Barnes, 1 0, 32 years old. So Mitchell Sight versus Jimmy Barnes. This fight was fun. Now, this fight only lasted 43 seconds, but it was a fun 43 seconds. Some of the best times of my life have lasted 43 seconds, Franco. It's it's okay. You can have a lot of fun in a short amount of time. This fight, Mitchell Sight came out when he was in the ring. I had already decided he was going to win. You know, he looked like a dude that was a heavyweight boxer. I was like, all right, that guy from Central Casting just came over as the boxer. Like, that guy's going to be good. And then Jimmy Barnes came in the ring, and I was like, oh, that's Central Casting for the bully who was pushing around everybody on the playground stealing their milk money. Like, that's who Jimmy Barnes looked like to me. He might be the nicest guy in the world, but I'm telling you, just from looking at it, and then they announced he's from Minnesota. I'm like, he's the size of Minnesota. I'm like, that dude is so big. And he was just under 300 pounds. And within the first 15, 20 seconds, he took a couple on the face and just fell. And yeah. when fat people fall, it's really funny to me. Um, I know I'm a bad person, but I don't care. It was so funny when this dude fell. And then he gets back up. Uh, it shouldn't even have been a knockdown. His eyes were a little crossed. And he's trying to explain to the ref, like, no, no, I'm fine. So they let it go again. And then both of them just went into playground mode where they were just throwing haymakers with no yeah. defense. Jimmy Barnes got his bell rung again. He was not going to fall. But the lights were out. You could see behind those eyes that they were like the slot machine rollers. It was the perfect time to stop that one. I was, you know, after the fight was done, I thought to myself, every undercard should have a fight like this, where it's only going to last, you know, like a minute, maybe, tops. First of all, both guys are MMA fighters. But Jimmy Barnes, he was just this big, blonde-haired, white dude and all. He looked crazy. He looked like a crazy mm-hmm. person. You know, Sipe, also an MMA fighter. But you look at him and you think, kind of like you said, he, he looks like he could be a boxer. And then when they started going at it, it was just nonstop. We're just wailing on each other for, what, like 20 seconds? Because yeah. from you know, if you eliminate the time that they walked up to each other and the time for him to get up, it was spectacular. When Barnes went down, I was giving him more credit than what he showed. But when he, yeah, once he went down, it was like, Oh my God, I was, I'm down in the basement by myself yelling at the TV like a crazy person. And then they go again and it was great. <laughs> I, I was just smiling. I was so happy. Both guys, it, it was perfect. It was the perfect undercard fight where it's just two dudes who are going to wail on each other and then toss a coin and see who, who drops first. It was spectacular. It was a good fun appetizer. Trevion Gonzalez, 19 years old, 3-0, going against Carlos Marrero, the third, 27 years old, 2-3-1. Now, Franco, this was not my highlight of the night. I'm not going to lie to you. This was not uh, wonderful. This is one of those things on the menu that you're like, oh, I'll try that. That could be fun. And then you take one bite. You're like, ah, 
I know I just paid for this appetizer, but I'm going to throw it in the trash. Like, this was not good. <laughs> both dudes, the best thing I could say about this one, they were both pros. It was a clean fight from uh, start to finish, but it was all Gonzalez the whole way. And the biggest joke of this fight was it was a majority decision, all right, when it should have been a unanimous decision. And how they keep letting Adelaide Bird judge anything is beyond me. She had it a draw, which makes no sense. So she gave two rounds. To this dude because it was just a four i believe a four round fight when he won none mm-hmm. and that might be the closest she's ever come to being uh right because she's only off by two rounds on this one franco um <laughs> she's terrible the only time you actually know a judge's name is when they suck the, the same reason why you would know an umpire's name like angel gonzalez or wagner you know like mm-hmm. these are the people that suck at their craft so that's how you end up knowing their name so i hope she never comes near a boxing match again but we both know that she will yeah just make sure that if she's involved in the fight that you don't bet on it because it'll just make you even more angry yeah it you know the fight itself like you said it was very one-sided it wasn't a bad fight the only thing of interest that that i thought was kind of neat was that gonzalez he was a switch fighter so he kept switching his stances but he did it so smoothly that like i didn't even notice it and then all of a sudden i'm like oh my god he's fighting southpaw again it it was it was kind of cool to see these smooth transitions where, you know, he'd get out of trouble and then all of a sudden he's fighting in a completely different stance. Yeah. I couldn't imagine standing across from that. That would, that would <laughs> just drive me crazy. Yeah, it was, he looked good. Marrero just didn't, didn't have it. He's not yeah. in the same class. It was, uh, he didn't look awful. You know. He didn't look no, awful. It, no. He did a good job. It's just, yeah, you knew where it was going. Nothing. You're, you're waiting for some kind of, you know, turnaround or something that switches up the pace of the, the match and then it was it was just rail to rail gonzalez dominated i mean there is a big age difference so you could say that maybe marrero would have caught him sleeping just from being older and having more experience because gonzalez is only 19 right uh at 19 i didn't know anything i was an idiot he because it could be fun to watch going forward he could be it you know i do look forward to seeing him facing better competition again not that marrero was bad just i don't feel that he was at the same level as gonzalez and hopefully Gonzalez goes on to big things. Guido Vianello, 26 years old, 7-0. and Against Kingsley Ebay, 26 years old, 5-1. and <laughs> Now, Franco, this was a fun heavyweight match. Yeah. Both guys could box, so that was nice to see. And both guys came in with a plan, but it looked like Ebay maybe had a better plan. Let's just say that. When I give Vianello credit, he when he got hurt, it did not stop his want. No. When when he started when he got that cut, it did not really slow him down. He still kept with his game plan of going on the attack. And I think this was just a four or a six round fight. I want to say it was six. Okay. And I went into this thinking before they announced the scores, I had it a draw on my card. I know that you are going to disagree with me, <laughs> yes. um, but now the first, first, I'll walk you through it. Like I thought, the first couple were uh, were eBay, and then the ones that I gave to Vianello were close, absolutely close. The ones that the ones that eBay won were clearly won by eBay. The ones that I had on my card for Vianello, I thought were close rounds that I could see where it would go the other way. But eBay was out of gas in that last round, and he was just looking to survive and in a six rounder that's yeah that's dog shit you know you have to be able to go six rounds and he from the probably the fourth he's he already didn't have good output as far as punches and then the fourth it went down fifth it was going even more down and then the sixth he was just kind of waiting for the bell i think the most entertaining part of this fight 
was the cut man for for Vianello deserves a Nobel Prize. Like, I don't know what category that would fall under, but just the fact that he kept this fight going with that gigantic gash over that dude's eye. Yeah. His face could have looked like like a horror movie scene, but instead he was able to go out there and fight, and I couldn't believe it. Well, a couple of things there. First of all, I did not have it as a draw. Uh, I had eBay at the beginning. Now, I will say, I went into the fight thinking that Guido was going to be the person that was going to take this fight. He had an impressive resume. He was an Olympian. He just looked like a, a fighter. Now, Kingsley, eBay also, he looked like a very intimidating dude. Not, not, not saying that he wasn't. He was very scary looking. But just from the way they were talking about Guido and whatnot, I was like, you know, he's he's got this. It should be a good fight, though. And then eBay just started beating the hell out of his face and dropping bombs on him. But then in the second round, he threw his first jab of the match. And that one jab... <laughs> cut his eye open from corner to corner. I don't even know when a cut stops being a cut and becomes like a gash. It was crazy. We've seen other fights get stopped for a similar cut, but what's the name of the stitch man? He's like a famous stitch man. It's like, that's his name. Yeah, Stitch Duran. Stitch Duran, right. Stitch Duran is the the cut guy or cut man. And I don't know what kind of voodoo he used, uh, what kind of magic spell he put on Vianello's eyeball, but he put it back in the socket and somehow sealed it up enough so that this guy could fight. But aside from that I, I didn't like the way it was scored you know Guido did catch him with a, a right hook at one point that like to the body where eBay definitely looked hurt but I just felt like he he wasn't he wasn't setting the pace Vianello wasn't setting the pace of the fight eBay was the one that was leading the whole dance I could see how Vianello maybe took a couple rounds maybe but otherwise yeah when they when they said majority draw I, I was just like this poor guy just got ripped off yeah see I had eBay ahead on the card three to two going in into the final round and then he just laid an egg in that final round and it cost them i do see what you're saying as far as the fight being short ebay definitely looks spent uh like halfway through the fourth round and with him starting to get tired right at the halfway point you got to take it at least a little bit further if you want to be able to take that that decision so I, I could see that he did get tired and credit to vianello for fighting through his eyeball almost falling out of his face that was the other thing ebay looked all right at the end of the fight Vianello looked like his face was just going to disintegrate off of off of his skull. He he was just beaten to a pulp. And then for it to be a draw, and you see both guys standing in the ring, and the one you know one eye is higher than the other, and his skin is falling off, and the other guy still looks the same as when he walked in. It's kind of like eh, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, if there was points for being pretty, Vianello would have taken no points in this fight. But at the end, it was uh, about the boxing, and for a six rounder heavyweight fight. This was fun. Yeah, it was definitely entertaining. And, you know, I don't really have any major complaints other than the ending. Yeah, it's, it's okay that you're wrong once in a while, Franco. Gabriel Flores, 18 and 0, 20 years old, versus Ryan Kilzecki, 30 and 4, 31 years old. Now, Franco, this fight, I can't say that I loved, but it was good boxing. Let's just say that. Yeah. It was good boxing. Flores is definitely fast. It looks like he wouldn't kill a mosquito that was on your on your chin when he was landing because uh, Kilzecki didn't look like he was hurt at any point in this fight. 
even though he was taking a lot of shots. Yeah. Speaking of Kozeki's look, like he when they said he was from Boston, I had zero surprise to me. Like <laughs> I could have seen him in the Duncan commercial with Casey Affleck. You know, that looked like a Boston dude to me. Totally. He looked like central casting of like the town. Like he could have been one of the robbers in the town or <laughs> like Goodwill Hunting. Like I'm sure that I've seen his face somewhere before. Like he was in Goodwill Hunting. I'm pretty sure he was yeah. in the bar scene. He's been in the Boston backdrop somewhere because he looked like a, a Bostonian, however they want to call themselves. Now, I thought it was interesting they flashed that Kilzicki was 22-0 and 0 at one point in his career. And as I watched him box, I was like, I could see how he could get his resume up to about 22-0. and 0. Now that he's 31, eh, you could see that he, he just wasn't in the same class anymore with Flores. Flores was a lot faster than him, had better movement, and it looked like Kozeki had a plan, but just wasn't fast enough to execute his plan. Credit mm-hmm. for the effort, because it was there till the end. He was bringing it until the last bell, but just the results weren't there. I agree. He had a plan, and he executed it, but it was only for like the first round, and then that was it. When he came out, he came out really strong. He looked solid. He got Flores a little bit off of his game, but then Flores just, he was super patient. He settled down. And then he was very consistent just through the whole fight. He was poised. He looked solid. He was landing more hits, but like you said, they weren't really doing much. Maybe that's the Boston strong in Mr. Ryan when he was uh, fighting back. But really the thing that, that caught my attention the most well, uh, with Kilzeski was just, it was a lot of really fast bobbing and weaving, but that was it. Like he had like a weird, like a duck, like a duck walk, you know, like when a duck mm-hmm. bobs its head or like a chicken, like he just kind of kept bobbing his head up and down and moving it left to right, but he wasn't punching. And right. then, and I'm thinking, this dude is going to get tired. He can't bob his head up and down like that for this entire match. And then he proved me wrong. He he bobbed his head for the entire fight. But it was kind of like, you know, you can dodge punches and you can look aggressive and look like you're in the fight. But if you're not throwing punches, it's not really boxing, is it? Right. It almost looked like a sparring match at, at points, you know. At no point in this fight did I doubt Kilzeki's won it, but he just wasn't throwing enough. I agree with you 100% there. Yeah. It was nice to... Uh, hang on. <laughs> Okay, I'm in the middle of recording. Well, what am I supposed to do with that? Nothing. Tell them to spray the backyard. Mom, eat love. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be up in a minute. I'm trying to play radio with my friends. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was saying. It wasn't the worst fight. It wasn't a great fight. It was it was a good fight. I wouldn't recommend this like you gotta go watch this fight or anything like that. But at the end of it, I didn't feel like, ah, I just wasted my time. I took some fun out of just watching Flores' speed and Kilzeki's wanted. He just wasn't fast enough anymore. Maybe the 20-year-old Kilzeki could have done better. But at 31, and uh, he's long past his 22-0 and 0 days, brighter days are ahead for Gabriel Flores. And maybe a few more professional bouts are ahead for Kilzeki. Jose Zapata, 31 years old, 32-2 and two, versus... Ivan Baranchek, 27 years old, 20 and 1. Franco, this fight was so wonderful. I literally started texting people right after this fight ended and told them, you have to watch this fight. I couldn't believe how good this fight was. Um, I will say this. Anybody that's listening that has not watched uh, Zapata versus Baranchek, press pause right now. Don't don't, don't pause. Finish the show first, and no, then no, you don't want it. You don't want you don't want the spoiler because you want to know what you want to watch this fight without any spoiler. So press pause, uh, go to your ESPN Plus. It's under the archives. If you don't have ESPN Plus, 
fork out the five bucks. It's totally worth watching this fight. Just this fight alone is worth the five bucks. It was, I had more fun watching this fight on ESPN Plus. That cost me five bucks a month than I had watching the Charlo brothers. Uh, and that was $75 for the, for the night. So yeah. check this fight out. I can't stress it enough how much fun this fight was. I had only seen Branchek fight before. I had not seen Zapata fight before. And I love Branchek's style. Just the, his nickname, the beast is so dead on because he comes out like hunting. Like yeah. he was throwing, throwing bombs with ill intentions. I could not believe Zapata was able to hang in there with some of these. Like he went down twice in the first round. There was a total of eight knockdowns before this fight even ended and then i really thought after the first round i was like oh branchek is just you know already planning what he's going to do with the rest of this night because he's going to be knocking out uh zapata here in the second round and almost similar to what we saw pavetkin do to dillian white branchek was looking for his setup on how to kill him Zapata landed that shot to the chin and man, it was lights out. Like you could see the way he fell on that leg. Like that was, he was out. Not like just kind of dazed. He was gone. First of all, this, this was everything that boxing is supposed to be. It was exciting. It had a lot of action. There was a million knockouts. I think Fritz said eight. It was like 75 knockouts in this fight. (laughs) At one point I was wondering, are they fighting on ice? Because both of them keep going down. Or do both of them just have the strongest chins ever and the hardest punches ever so that they get knocked down, but they like hopped up right away every single time. Uh, in the first round, Branchek threw his left hook is amazing. Incredible. It's so fast and looks so just destructive that it, it was spectacular. So he's he's launching these haymakers. I don't know if you remember that there was a little bit of controversy. Zapata, first round, it was uh, they missed with the right hand and then it counted as a knockdown of Zapata, even though Zapata like ducked down to the floor. So like Zapata ducked down, Branch had connected, uh, Zapata ends up hitting the ground and they counted that as a knockdown. But when they replayed it, the punch didn't really connect. It kind of skimmed the top of his head. And then he hit him with the left hook a second time in the first round. And so it ended up being a 10-7 round for Branchek. Right. And then in the second round, that's the one that you were just saying, Branchek was going in for the kill. He throws like a Superman punch where he like yeah. goes flying through the air. He misses and then ends up with his back to Zapata. Zapata gives him the old reach around and punches him in the face. Branchek goes down, uh, but they did not count that as a knockdown. Right. They called that one a slip. And I thought when they were going to the replay that they were going to call it a knockdown because the punch clearly lands right before he falls. But maybe they saw ahead that they're like, this fight's going to be over in a couple rounds anyway. We don't need to go to replay. (laughs) Every knockdown had some kind of like background to it and like little weird nuances or goofy things that were going on. But they were they were all knockdowns from people. There, There wasn't headbutts. It wasn't low blows. It was just these two dudes were trying to kill each other. And it was spectacular from rail to rail. Branchek looked so just ferocious from the opening bell till he till he got his ass knocked out. But Zapata, when he had, dude, he basically had a caged animal coming at him and he looked calm, cool, and collected that whole time. I could not believe it. Yeah. That he was able to keep this cool and keep his game going. One, after he got knocked down twice in the first round, this was like an eliminator that the guy that won the fight gets another shot at either Taylor or Garcia. And Branchak's going to have to go kind of back to the end of the line on this one now. So that had to be going through Zapata's head like, all right, I just got knocked out twice in this first round. I got to make a statement here. But instead of coming out 
crazy in the second round. Cepeda just kept his game going and got his knockdowns naturally just by, you know, letting Baranchek be the over-aggressor, you know. This is when people say knockdown, drag out, like, this literally was as close to knockdown drag out as you could have got because I don't know. I thought they were going to have to drag Branchek out of the ring. I watched it on a replay and I'll be honest that after he fell, it was taking a little too long for him to get up. So yeah. I started getting nervous. Like, is he okay? So I had to Google Branchek's health and at least it came back that, that he was able to walk off and everything like that. So I was relieved to find out that he was fine, but it was one of those fights where he fell so awkwardly and you could just tell that the lights were out that I was like, man, I hope that dude's okay. You know, now that you say it, I almost wonder if Baranchik was maybe being overly aggressive and maybe that affected him because there was that weird knockdown where he overshot uh, that wasn't a knockdown. And then there was another point, I believe it was in the fourth round, where he threw another crazy punch and missed and like went through the ropes. Right. Like he completely missed. He fell through the ropes. Uh, and I believe Zapata caught him on the way down and that probably was another knockdown because like I said there was like a hundred of them and that final knockdown though was so brutal the way he fell so his right leg Branchek's right leg was bent back Mm -hmm. and and he fell with all of his weight just like he looked like in Toy Story like somebody yelled Andy's coming and he just hit the ground and Woody fell over right I tore my ACL watching him fall and had to go to the hospital for myself that's how bad his knee looked, it bent so horribly. And then, like you said, everybody was going crazy. I was going crazy. The announcers were going crazy. You were going crazy at home. I could see when that knockdown finally comes because of the buildup to it. And it finally hits its crescendo. Everybody goes nuts. And then, yeah, about five seconds of screaming your head off. You're like, oh, I, I hope he's okay. Because right. he, he did not look right. And at one point, the doctor is in there with him. And, you know, there is no crowd. So it's already dead silent. And then you hear the doctor say, welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> and, and then I started having flashbacks to times that I've been knocked out. And I'm like, oh, that's the, that's the worst feeling ever. Except for with me, it's because I drink too much. And then, <laughs> you know, and then they're, they're kicking you out of the bar. Hey, son, you got to get up off of the floor. Oh. You know, like, I don't know. I know you've said he might have been overly aggressive, but I don't know if he can fight any other way. This is probably the fourth time that I've watched Branchek fight, and this has been his style. So I don't know if the old leopard can change his spots kind of deal. I imagine if you gave him a trainer that could get that middle ground where he can be a little more patient and instead of just going for the kill right from the opening minute, like wait till there's blood in the water, then go for the kill, you know? Uh, but I definitely want to see both of these dudes fight again. That's what I will say 100%. Yes. This was, in my opinion, the best fight of the year. It was It was amazing. What? It was when they give a, when they finally give us a vote for uh, fight of the year, this is going to be the one I vote for. Yeah, I wish these guys had a mandatory rematch clause for every fight that they're in, so that we could just see them fight like every couple of months. It, oh, Zapata and Branchek, fifteen, and just right. watch because it could have gone either way at any point, and it did. It just kept mm-hmm. going back and forth. You couldn't have written a better fight. It was so spectacular. And anybody who hasn't seen it, find it. So find a bootleg copy, whatever. But it's it's out there. You can find it, and you will not be disappointed. Thank you for listening to Punches and Punchlines. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. And we'll see you again next week when we break down the best fights with a sense of humor.